0: Aloha. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. We have a wonderful guest that I'm really looking forward to talking to who has a a great story to share with us. And he has a wonderful son named Christian, and he's going to tell us about him and his journey, and we'll talk about that. So welcome, Chris. I'm I'm glad you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about you and
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it and always um, love the opportunity to talk about my son, Christian. It's, It's the easiest thing that I can talk about, believe it or not, even under difficult circumstances, because I know the story so well. So I am the proud father of three kids. Christian is my oldest. He would be 23 right now. My daughter, who's 22, Kate, my son, Nicholas, and I have a beautiful wife named Danielle, who I've been married to for some time now. We've been dating since high school, actually, since we were in 10th grade. So uh, we've had a, a beautiful wife and uh, it's as perfect as perfect can get. And so my son, Christian, uh, was diagnosed August 26th of 2020 with a rare cancer. Cancer is called cholangiocarcinoma. Um, in other words, it's called bioduct cancer. Um, it certainly wasn't a cancer that we knew about. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I remember when it was the discussions around cancer, we knew it was cancer. Um, I didn't even know how to spell that word. So, you know, obviously we knew that was the worst. There were, you know, five different options. We were hoping that was on it. Unfortunately, it was that, was that, uh, essentially Christian was diagnosed with terminal cancer. At the age of 22 years of age uh, on that date and on top of it we had just come out of coronavirus uh, actually gone into and we were hit with that as well with christian christian uh had just graduated from college he graduated from honors college at indiana university of pennsylvania Uh, his life was set he had it all scripted out Um, he was planning to head to la christian was an actor Who's incredibly charismatic, charming, kind, funny, loving, all the things you can think of. And he really was that way his entire life. He was that way since he was a little boy and all the way up, even as a teenager, he was a loving, um, tremendously uh, good, good kid. And really, that's the way he was all the way into his young adulthood. So, you know, Christian, when we first, you know, of course, talked to Christian when he got this cancer. One of the things we said as his mom and dad was how awful we felt and how sorry we had felt about this, of course. And we were overwhelmed with tremendous, you know, anxieties and, and we were scared. And I, I knew when I heard this that it was not, not a good thing. So we knew our journey was going to be difficult. But when we said this to Christian, the one thing he said to us uh, was, it's It's okay. He said, I'd rather it be myself than anyone else. And that was kind of how Christian kind of led his journey. He was a wonderful and beautiful person before cancer. He became remarkably and extraordinary. I run out of earthly terms to describe Christian, but Christian's way and being was to remind us. And it's one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about today, which is it's part of our grief process is what was Christian's messaging during that time? And he used to remind his wife, uh, my wife, and his, his brother and sister, he used to say, what's good about today? And that was his daily reminder to us to look at the beauty in everything every single day. So even in the darkest of moments when things were difficult, and numerous times when Christian, or we would be crying to Christian, Christian would smile and just say, Remember what is good about today. And so that's the messaging that we've kind of carried on in in our process. But, you know, Christian taught us uh, really how we should lead our lives. And that's kind of where we, it's only been seven months since Christian passed away. He passed away September 1st of 2021. He passed away here at home with us, uh, the family around him. Um, We were with him to the very end. So it was in many ways, obviously, very difficult, um, very sad. But at the same time, to Christian's messaging, it was beautiful in a way. You know, there's so many. I think one of the things that Christian taught us and and one of think things he, it's interesting when Christian got sick, Christian changed courses with his life and what he wanted to do. He always he wanted to then pursue a, a path where if he had come out of this was to help others, was to to go to those people who are sick, dying from this kind of cancer, very rare, and dying alone in most cases. And it happens across the world. And Christian really wanted to take that and he wanted to go across the world and and find ways to save those individuals. Christian was extraordinarily giving and he was extraordinary uh, person when it came to understanding that he was privileged, and we are we're a very privileged um, family. We have everything that we could possibly want and but it didn't stop what happened to us so Christian was um, had this incredible ability to really make us you know feel feel fantastic and and just to uh, bring tremendous light to the world and the way he did
0: things so. And it's so wonderful. Uh. When somebody can take a situation like his and and bring joy through it is is pretty amazing. He, he just sounds like such a, a wonderful guy. I, when I was uh, reading his story, I I related to him so much because I I was very involved in theater in high school. I was president of the Thespians. Uh, oh wow! So. Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Had, had a lot of things in common. I, I went on, actually, I, one of my degrees is in theater and I owned a live theater and school of arts for several years. So I kind of felt like I was relating to him and I could uh, picture him with uh, with my group of theater people because we were special. There's something about people that are, are in theater that it's it's kind of a we want to make people happy. We want to make people feel, we, we want to have people experience the most that they can experience. And I could, I, I just felt like I knew him by the time I, I just read that a little bit about him.
1: Yeah. That's, it's interesting you said that Emily, I mean, you, you're right. I grew up as an athlete, so I was not, my brain was wired differently. I remember Christian distinctly. He was always in theater as a kid. But as his dad, I was always sort of pushing him to do sports and 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 he did a fine job. But it, it really when he became went into ninth grade in high school, he just, you know, he found his path. Those were the kids in the band. It was theater. And they're extraordinary individuals. I I think I came from a period of my life where I don't know so much that I thought about that. You know, it was really divided in a way. It seemed like, you know. But Christian, one of the wonderful things about Christian is, in, in just like theater folks, very empathetic, right? The ability to, of course, take on any character. And Christian was, he was extraordinary in his ability to act. Um, he was the lead in every fall play since ninth grade. And we're talking about one of the largest public schools in Pittsburgh. It's, uh, it's in, in Pennsylvania, no less, um, but it, You know, they're always nominated for these Gene Kelly Awards in Pittsburgh. So he was in the musicals, the lead. He was he was the prom king. Um, Christian was in all of this ability to be an extrovert and to put himself out there. He was the most humbled individual you could have ever met right? So it's kind of an interesting thing, you know, you think of actors or somebody who wants to get out there and showboat or something, but it couldn't have been farther from the truth. At least that was my perception, you know, sometimes. But uh, theater kids were, to your point, Emily, are extraordinary. They really are. They have a tremendous uh, character and uh, they understand things a little bit differently than than others, at
0: least from from what I have seen. Yes, I, I totally agree with you on that. We We were... A unique bunch (laughs) and it's it's so I I was thinking that in the the few years that he was here with you he crammed a lot in there that was all good and what what a wonderful thing to have to have such a a beautiful life like that and to be able to make people happy in the process
1: yeah I think that's One of the things that uh, when you look at Christian's life, albeit, you know, 22, 23 years of age, he lived more in that life than I would say five people live a whole lifetime. There's people who live to their hundreds who haven't done the things that Christian has done. It's less about the accomplishments, you know, Christian, which are great and many, but Christian, his kindness and love for others is what I think stands, makes him stand out. I think it's remarkable, too, that Christian, when he was diagnosed, that he took on a full time job. Mm. Um, he took a job with a, a major company and he was right here in our home and he we had an office in the basement and he worked while he was going through chemotherapy. He would ask me and he would say, you know, Dad, why am I doing this? You know, why? Why do you why should I do this? But I think I'm probably not going to be here next year. I said, you know, Christian, we don't know that I right? We always have to think forward. We have to think positively. Where are we going? You never you never know. You take these opportunities. Now, eventually he did for six months and it was obviously too much. His body was was not able to continue it. But I just think it's an amazing testament to really his character to, to want to keep pushing forward. And that's the way he was up to his last breath. You know, not one time, Emily, I'll tell you, Christian, not one time did he complain. Not once. He had every right to complain. I know I would have complained. I'm sure I would have complained a million times. You know, the why is me? How could this happen to me? Not one time. He accepted this. He understood it. He understood it was his place. He. I think the only thing that ever made Christian nervous was not was dying or those kinds of things. It was bringing a smile and joy to people's faces. That is what scared Christian because he didn't want people to know him for cancer. He used to say, he's like, dad, I don't want this to be my life. I don't want people to know me as the kid with cancer. I don't want that. And it took a lot for Christian when people would come visit him a lot. He was sick. He wanted to make sure that's what upset him is that when they came here, he wanted to give everything of himself. He wanted to make sure they laughed. He wanted to make sure they felt loved. You want to make sure they had joy in their hearts. And that's what he would do. If someone came, I could see it, he would switch on as the actor in him. He, he could just become that individual. and but it was so important to him that he made sure those the anyone who came and saw him had joy in their heart. And that's what um, you know I think is his mom and dad and we deal with grief and we we hang on to. You know, because we really want to make sure there was there's good in what has happened, and um, we're seeing it every day. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm amazed at all that has happened around Christian's name and the things that are happening, certainly around Pittsburgh and
0: so many different things. That's that's so wonderful, and I, I'd like for you to tell us about some of those. I was thinking, in particular, the the two things: the the fountains and the scholarship.
1: Yeah. So again, it's only been seven months. So yet we kind of, I think we, many of these things, Emily take on a life of their own. One of the things that Christian explained to us before he passed away, this is the the blessings that we were given. It's the, the difficulties, the burdens as a family that we took on. Uh, but it's also the blessings, right? Because I think of families and I'm sure you've spoken to them where they've lost a child and loved one to, to maybe a car crash or a suicide, you know? And I think of those things as they're extraordinarily difficult to, to comprehend. I lost my son. I, he, I lost my best friend. He is my best friend. He was my wife's best friend. He was my kid's best friend. He was the great communicator of the family and he was able to bring all of us in and help us go off the beaten path and bring us together. But, you know, he, I think when you look at the things that we're doing in his name, he told us, you know, he wanted to give back to the school. And that was the theater program. And so we did, we set up a a scholarship program. We have what's called the Christian Cochran legacy fund, which is actually through the Pittsburgh foundation. Pittsburgh foundation has been around. Oh my goodness. A long time, many decades and uh, well-known. And so we, um, in, in partnership with them, we have something that gives back to the theater program for whether it's fall uh, play and spring musical here at the high school so it's for a scholarship and, and in the Christian true fashion it's not based on Gpa it is not based on any of those things a lot of times you see these things like you well, have to have 3.0 or that is not how Christian wanted this to be Christian wanted to be someone who was doing good or cared about people and so we want to make sure those who are submitting against a scholarship which is is actually happening right now. They'll submit to us and we'll review all those essays, videos, references that we can verify that, hey, they are on a mission of good and love and doing good things for people. So I, I think we're looking forward to that as a family. I think that'll help us uh, as well to see that this is continuing. We've, we've been blessed that when we put that scholarship, someone came back and matched it wow. um, for five years. So and we'll do more. You now, somebody who who didn't even really know Christian. So the fountain is a wonderful thing. Uh, we're members of a Polish church in Pittsburgh. It's one of the oldest churches. I think it's the second oldest, but still pretty old. I think it's 130 years old, a Polish church. And it's right in the heart of Pittsburgh, a place called the Strip District. That's kind of where the hub of everything happens in Pittsburgh, the markets and the, you know, from the bars to the, whatever. It's, it's kind of a mix of good and bad, right? You've got this church in the middle of so much happening in the city. And next to the church is this large, beautiful Italian, looks very Italian uh, rectory, but there's a huge green space in front and they allocated that space. They wanted to create this space for Christian and they feel his message. And it's going to be called the what's good about today, uh, waterscape and, and fountain. It's a place of peace and beauty. It will have I think six different boulders around water coming through it, pouring through, you'll hear it. It's peaceful. There'll be a walkway with a beautiful statue of an angel. There'll be a bench where you can sit and really, and there'll also be, you know, a a very large sign of Christians, um, his, his face and picture and his story and talking about what's good about today and that messaging and making sure that everyone knows, uh, yes, it's in front of a church. Um, We're very, you know, obviously, we're we're good Catholics and all that. But the messaging is not about that. It is about the inclusiveness that Christian had. It was about the fact that Christian wants to pull you into his sort of his embrace and understanding that when you read this and you come there for peace, that you can look in the beauty in the day. And that for us is, is so important that, yes, it's Christian's legacy, but it was the messaging to make sure we're changing things. We always felt like Christian, I always said, and I would tell you a lot of people always said that Christian was going to be famous. He really was. He was, he had it. He had this thing that you can't even describe sometimes. He just was, he was a great humorist. You know, he could make jokes of things, but not do it in an offensive way. He could do it in a way that could just draw you into him. So I just didn't know his path. This was his path. I always thought, you know, and I went to the movies one day I was going to see Christian and that was where he was going to be. And I had no doubt in my mind just because of how he was able to do things. That's obviously not the path. You know, we think probably this path is going to go down where, you know, more and more people get to know Christian, know his story and know what he stood for and change minds and to get people to, to really um, affect change and how they go about their day. And some of that may be, you know, obviously coming back into faith and to, you know, understanding their place. And so I, I think that that's what we're we're focused on going forward. But that's just a few of the things, you know, I mean, there's so many things six months out that we hear about. or there, A lot of times folks will come to us and say, hey, we would like to do a huge program based on what's good about today. And I think somebody's looking in August for daffodils. They're going to probably be daffodils everywhere we can see because Christian loved yellow daffodils. So they'll probably be everywhere. And so you, I think that there's just, like I said, it takes on a life of its own. So, you know, the the church and the waterscape, that was something that the church wanted to do. And it just kind of blossomed from there. The scholarship we knew we had to do because Christian really pushed us and gave us, he gave us directions and how to follow it and, and how to give back. And I know we're going to be doing more things probably around uh, the homeless. I know Christian cared about that quite a bit. And I've I've received stories from from people about Christians, what he did around that, that I honestly, I had no idea. I had interesting story. His, his ex-girlfriend from high school and she, wonderful girl. She had sent us a long, long, long letter. But one of the things she talked about was when she would go out to dinner with Christian and they would go into the city or something special and, you know, and there'd be homeless, there's homeless, you know, in most cities, she readily admitted she'd turn the other way. And go, we got to move out of here, like a lot of people do, right? Or don't say anything, just move the other way. Christian would turn and go right towards them. So Christian would go to them. He would sit with them. And in most cases, if not all cases, I was told is that he would come back with an empty wallet because they would ask for money and Christian would give it to them. And she says, I would always ask him, why do you keep giving them money? And he said, because they asked for it. And she said, we'll just use this because they need it. They wouldn't ask me if they didn't need it. And so that's how he had the simplest ways of thinking of things and to make it sound perfect. And that's 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 how he approached things daily in life.
0: That's so beautiful. I know I with I've had two husbands die, and I had was trying to figure out what, what can I can do to best represent that. And we did set up a, a scholarship fund for arts education for Jacques when he died. And I knew that he'd love that because he, he'd he been in doing different kinds of theater things since he was a small child and was mm. still doing them. He was acting right up in, until the yeah. end and singing wow. a beautiful singing voice. And so we, we knew we had to do that. But after Ron died, then I just wasn't quite sure exactly what to do. And I discovered that helping people deal with grief and what they were doing was a a gift that I could give them and using the experiences from both Ron and and Jacques. And they both were very happy people. And I know that they wouldn't want me to sit around and cry for the rest of my life, that they would love to see me happy. And I I'm happy through bringing happiness to other people, especially when they're dealing with something like grief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, I think when people are experiencing grief, if there's a way that they can positively honor that person, and it doesn't necessarily have to be financially, you know, when when I first started teaching people how to write to deal with their grief, they were just coming over to my house, I, I found them on meetup and said, come over if you want to learn. And yeah. didn't cost us fat. And that, that group helped each other out so much. It was just a wonderful thing to do. So I love it when I hear about how people have taken an experience as profound as the death of a child or the death of a husband and be able to, to make it into something good and positive for the people who are still here.
1: Yeah. You're so right, Emily. It is, it's a, it's still very fresh. I mean, this was seven months ago, we lost Christians. So I think, you know, I've everybody processes grief. We've heard these same terms from so many things, right. Grief Mm -hmm. is processed differently for everyone. And, and that's the thing as a family and I'm sure for yourself and others, which is, you know, my wife, my, my son and my daughter, uh, we're all grieving, right. Mm -hmm. And we're grieving in different ways. My daughter, she's in college right now. She went to the same college with Christian you know, mm-hmm. she's two grades behind, but they wanted to be in college together. They're great friends. Kate, Kate's a overachiever. I mean, she's a phenomenal, she's in everything. She's sororities. She's in, she's in the honors colleges and business. And she's, she's miles ahead. She's going to be graduating, but you know, her, her mind is the kind of, she doesn't talk too much about, it. we do ask her, you know, one of the things I learned this from someone on our street she had lost her brother when she was little, you know, and when I say little, she was, you know, she was a teenager and he was a teenager. And so she could relate. She walks with my son, Nicholas, they go on walks, but you know, one of the things we've asked is what, what can we do? You know, as parents, I'm always trying to figure out how do I talk to my kids? You know, what do I say? Do I talk about this? Not talk about this. And, and they said, well, I would have, if I look back on, I wish my parents would just ask how I was doing. And that's, you know, one of the things we've kind of, Danielle and I do is, you know, we, we say, how are you doing? You know, how are you, we just try to keep it, have those discussions. We're a very close family and, but it affects all of us a little differently. And uh, you're right. You, you have to find, you have to find something that you can give you purpose every day. And I think mm-hmm. that's why the messaging of what's good about today resonates with me. It resonates with so many, which is I wake up every day and I say, what is good about my day today? I'm going to make something amazing today, right? So talking to you, this is what's good about today, you know? And so I I, I focus on today. I don't worry so much about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's going to come. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, let alone today. And So I focus on that. That enables uh, me to move in the, in the right direction, all of us to move in the right direction.
0: That's so true. And, and one thing that you're doing that I, I recommend to people all the time is to say the person's name and talk about them. Because so many times people are afraid to talk to you because they're afraid of how you're going to respond. And if, if you can say something positive about what you're doing with all the things that you're doing with Christian, it opens a pathway for communication, so that you you really can support each other and share and soften the intensity of, of what's happening. Yeah, I think
1: uh, that's a very good point. I think that's always a struggle. you know, mm-hmm. I think it's a struggle at least right now during this process is the communication piece. I think that you're right. there are it's interesting. communication comes from the least expected places. The places where I thought we would have gotten it, we don't get, mm-hmm. right. And um, I'm not sure why that's the case. I'm not sure if it's just people are scared. Uh, I know people care. I'm sure they don't know what to say or how to say it. And, and in many cases, they're they, they're poorly communicated. They don't say the right things. You know, it's a little of this, you know, again, if I'm being logical, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? There's, you don't say anything, you know, but then there's people who say things and they say the worst things or they don't know how to say it properly or and and that's not just friends. That's even family. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I think unless someone has gone through this, as you and I have gone through, and others that listen to your podcast, they have no real idea of the, the depths of that pain. Mm-hmm. Right? I've lost my parents. A lot of people have lost their parents. It. One of the consistent things about all our life is is grief. Right? Mm-hmm. We all experience grief one way or the other. But... I think the challenge becomes for those who have not experienced the depth of grief, right? Losing my parents. Yeah. I was sad. I was close to my parents. They're in their eighties and I, and they lived a great life. I mean, they had to go, we all got to go. Right. But they lived a great life and I, I'm joyful. So I, I you know, I, I think, but when we lose our, 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 kids, it just takes so much out of you because it's not the, of course, the natural order of life, mm-hmm. And a lot of the dreams we have with them just kind of goes away in a sense, right? But you're right. We do say Christian's name all the time. We talk to him most of the time in the present tense. I think I really don't talk about a Christian from past. I talk about Christian as if he's here. So I think that's how I always will be. Probably, you know, if I'm lucky enough to live another 30 years um, or so, then. And you'll always be here. It doesn't, it doesn't change that feeling. And in many ways, I think some people think that grief goes away in a sense. It, it does, not really, but it's it gets worse. <laughs> you know, I think it gets worse actually, because you haven't talked to that person in seven months or a year or two years or five years, right? Or 10 mm-hmm. years. And that's tough. You know, I miss it. You know, we, you miss it. I'm sure. So it, it's, when you think about it, it, it really can, it it, it hurts it's like ripping that scar back off. You know, you're just like, Oh, you know, that's, that's so difficult. But the more you focus on, on the good you can do in a day, the more you can do for others to your point, which is what you're doing mm-hmm. is it brings hope and it brings joy and it brings, you know, I always, def- I, I absolutely believe there's a difference between happiness and joy. Yes. And so I yet to find happiness. I hope I get sparks of happiness in my life, right? I still have two beautiful children and I have grandkids and I I foresee happiness there. But I try to pick up pockets of joy um, in my day. And so where's the joy? And sometimes that joy is the simplest of things. I go out in my yard. I was out this morning doing (laughs) mundane things, picking up things in the yard and, and looking at the beauty and the sun hitting me and realizing how joyful that was, and feeling that, and that's joyful, you know. And taking those moments where maybe you talked to the Chris Cochran five years ago, well, maybe I wasn't paying attention to all those things. I was focused on much different things. So um, grief has a way of doing that, doing that to you
0: in this process. That does, it does. It absolutely ebbs and flows. That's you know, you've got your high points and your low points, and I love it when. Something positive can happen. I had, where we live, we live on the side of Haleakala, which is a volcano. And so we, we look down toward the valley in the island uh, from where we sit on our lanai, which is like a deck behind the house. We can, we look down the hill. And Ron used to get up right before dawn every morning because the cattle egrets would fly in formation from the valley up the side of the volcano every morning. And he just loved to see those birds. That was just a a big deal for him. He felt like he was communing with the birds every day. And the other day, my neighbor from across the street was over visiting and this lone egret was in our yard going around and checking out the plants and stuff. And she goes, look, there's Ron. Yeah. (laughs) And then she looked at me and she goes, you know what? If that egret comes back tomorrow, then I'll know it's Ron. So she came over the next day and sure enough, the egret was back. So
1: (laughs) that was Ron. I, you know, I, I believe that stuff. I don't think uh, there's any coincidences in life. And there's so many things that happen and I've seen it and felt it and, um, it's a much bigger world than we could possibly, bigger universe than we could possibly even fathom. And certainly our our little brains don't comprehend the depths of what that is. And so um, I'm sure of that. But, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I'm sure it was, Ron. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I had another experience, too. It just reminded me of it, that when uh, my sister died, she didn't die of COVID, but she died during the pandemic on the mainland, and I wasn't able to go, and it was frustrating for me. Yeah. And I remembered when we had the ash scattering service for uh, Ron here on the island, that the people that showed up it was amazing the doctors came the gardeners came you know all, all these because we didn't know that many people we'd only became we over here because he'd lived here before and before I knew him and he really wanted to spend his last days here so we came over and he lived for two years and I spent all my time with him so I wasn't really getting to know that many people. So the people that I did know were the doctors and the gardeners and the neighbors right. and our insurance right. man. You know those kind of people. They showed up and they all showed up with a grocery bag full of flowers that they picked in their yard. Hmm. And when we got in the canoes to to paddle out into the ocean to release the ashes, we put the flowers with them, and it was it was hmm. so gorgeous. So I thought when my sister died, I thought I'm I've got to, I have to do something. So. I picked a lot of flowers from my my yard, put them in a paper bag, <laughs> called a friend and asked for, for him to drive because I just wasn't ready to drive right at that point. We went out real early in the morning. Nobody else was around the beach at all and released him. And I was just standing there and looking out at the ocean and seeing the, the flowers fly or flowers flow. Uh And he came and tapped me on my shoulder and pointed down. And I looked down and there was a butterfly sitting on my toe. And it sat there for the longest time. I was able to actually take a picture of it. (laughs) Because it it stayed that long. And it reminded me of when we would sit out on our one eye. We always had butterflies and they would come and sit on Ron. I've never seen butterflies go up and sit on people when there are all sorts of plants and things around that they could sit on. But they would come and sit on him. So at that moment, I thought...
1: Hmm. Well, Emily, it's an interesting thing i'm it's funny you mentioned butterflies. i'm I believe <laughs> butterflies have a a connection to the afterworld. I believe that and and it came true. It happened after my mom passed away, similar to what you just described. But here in Pittsburgh, you know there's no butterflies. I live in North Pittsburgh. You don't see butterflies. i haven't i I'll be honest. I haven't seen a butterfly here. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't even recall the time I saw a butterfly, right? I know in the summertime there may be, I see moths or things, but I don't see beautiful butterflies. Well, three days after Christian had passed away, I just, I went down to the mailbox that walked down front of my house. I walked down the hill and the mail person, she's coming down and she's loved Christian. She is, she said, she has a bow in her. She's still right now. She drives today, has a big bow in her mailbox. It's green. And to to remember Christian, she she loved Christian. She's no one talks to me. I'm the male person. I come down. No one will acknowledge me. And you know, but he's the one who would come down, say hello to me, talk to me, get to know me. So she I, I love that boy. I I just think he's amazing. So long and short, as I go down and I I am, she hands me the mail, which you know she normally put in the mailbox, and she reaches to hand it to me. This beautiful blue butterfly, huge. I've never, I've sort of looked up. There's like one thing in Pennsylvania, blue butterflies came down. So I'm grabbing the mail, landed right here on my hand, right here. And I, it sat there and wow. the wings are going like this. And I looked at the mail carrier and I said, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because if, I may be imagining this because I'm going to ask you about this later on because it may I may just be a dream. I don't know if I'm, she goes, no, I'm watching what's happening. And I'm like, it was beautiful. Big, it was the biggest blue butterfly you'd ever seen. Oh. I've never seen a blue butterfly. I've been here for twenty-two years, never seen any butterfly of that nature. Anyway, it was there for probably five seconds, then flew off in the trees and disappeared. And so I, you know, I always even before that thought about butterflies. And I think there's absolutely reasons for the butterflies. They kind of come into everyone's life shortly afterwards. So I think it's to reassure us that things are okay, and then our loved ones are safe and, and um, we're, they're in good places. So we're all interconnected in some capacity. So that's an interesting story though. Sounds beautiful. It was a beautiful, sounds beautiful though. I can envision, you know, the boats and the flowers and, and um, it
0: sounds really beautiful for sure. Yeah. I, I love, love nature and nature and the celebrations and however you can do that.
1: Well, yeah, that's the way Christians love nature, too. And that's this, you know, the the garden and the fountain is in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how Christian was. It's peaceful. And we'll, we're actually doing a nature hike trail in September, September 10th, which will um, it's going to be the what's good about today oh, trail oh, cool. walk, which will be a 3K trail walk and uh, through giving peace through the walking through the woods and that mm-hmm. that as well. So there's uh yeah, I believe in that as well.
0: That is so beautiful. I'm so glad we had this opportunity to talk today. It just, I, I feel good <laughs> for having yeah. shared this time with you, and I'm uh, very grateful that that we happen to connect. And I'm sure that this is going to bring some uh, smiles and some peace to the people to listen to this podcast. So I'm I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, and I'm grateful for the opportunity and. I'd always encourage anyone who, you know, I'll mention, you know, it's ChristianCochran.org. It's a it's a, a place where you can read stories about Christian. You can see the good in the dag. And so so it's a great place to
0: to really ground yourself and and see the beauty in all things. It is beautiful. And in the show notes for our podcast today, we'll have links to that so you can easily get to it. Great. And I, I highly recommend it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and I'll be happy to see you back next week. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode